There we go. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, what a funny start. It said, you know, you were there waiting. I um, admitted you to the room, and then I saw the door close, and there's nobody there. And I, it was... <laughs> Today on the Women Mind the Water podcast, I'm speaking with Pam Chavez and Juliet Sutherland. They produced the film Behind the Waves, a documentary about female surfers in Maine. Pam is a designer and animator, while Juliet is an artist and filmmaker. The Women Mind the Water podcast engages artists in conversation about their work and explores her connection with the ocean. Through these stories, Women Mind the Water hopes to inspire and encourage action to protect the ocean and her creatures. I am delighted today to welcome two guests. Pam Chavez is a multidisciplinary designer born and raised in Mexico City, where she got her BFA in graphic design. Juliet Sutherland is a filmmaker who specializes in promotional videos and documentaries. She also serves as a main state chair for Women in Film and Video New England. Pam and Juliet met on the water in Maine and decided to combine their creative talents to document the surfing experience through the lens of women. Along the way, they built a community of women who love to surf. It is a community that is accessible to women and people of color. Well, thank you for joining me on the Women Mind the Water podcast. I'm really looking forward to hearing more about your film Behind the Waves, surfing in Maine in general, and particularly the women who do it. Let me start by asking how each of you became interested in surfing. And please, for those who are listening to an audio-only version of this podcast, identify yourself when you are speaking. I'll go first. Okay. Um, Well, Pam here. Um, How I got into surfing. Um, when I was a kid, I used to go to Hawaiian dancing lessons, and that um, kind of like opened my mind to like this idea of surfing, and I was curious about it. I uh, never really did it because I was in Mexico City, and there's really no ocean, or uh, there's not really the opportunity to do it over there. Um, so when I finally moved to Maine, um, I was unemployed. I was waiting for my papers to get in order so I could like do my life um so while I was working in the beach one day I saw the surfers and I was like oh you can actually surf in Maine I probably should give it a shot so I went to I think it was Aquaholics they had like a a morning class for women only Uh, it was free and at the time that was perfect for me so I just went on that class, I surfed, and then I got hooked up, and I couldn't, like, leave it aside, so I found a way to, like, borrow gear for a while from Black Point Surf Shop by exchanging, like, some art for some gear, and they, like, were really supportive of it, Um, and they basically kept me in the water, so I'm, like, really grateful for that, and I'm just keep doing it. It's like probably like um, mental health activity, like you know, to keep keep me sane and stuff like that. What about you, Juliet? Yeah, I also um, like did it a few times when I was in high school, but I lived inland in Massachusetts, and so just it just didn't make sense to surf. You have to live by the water. So when I moved to Maine, um, 
I took a class through Maine Surfers Union, the Lady Slide Night. Um, so it's a women's class for surfing taught by Kate Street. And I did it through my friend Shannon Bryan's group at Maine, who was like organizing all this outdoor stuff. So it was just really exciting to have a class just with women, like you could mess up and it didn't matter. And like, it just felt so much safer to learn in that environment. And I was immediately hooked and I was renting boards from Black Point and like going whenever there were waves. And then I finally bought a board. So uh, Pam kind of touched on it. When I think of surfing, I think of Hawaii or Southern California. Is there a difference in the actual surfing or in the surfing culture between these iconic surfing spots and Maine? Definitely. Um, I'm not going to say I'm an expert or like I'm like really aware of how the culture generally is in California or Hawaii. I've been surfing there, but like not as much as other surfers uh, that we know. Uh, but what we've heard from them and my little experience over on that side is I think Maine is a little bit more friendly in a way that you go out, you paddle out, and you still find people that try to help you through the process. And they're more friendly, like telling you like, oh, I think you're like a little bit uh, up front on your board. You might want to go a little bit back versus California and Hawaii can be like really competitive. And there's this aggression to like that way that's coming to mine and I'm just going to get it, you know, like hmm. you got to earn it. Um, How big are the waves that you surf on in Maine? Oh, they're babies. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends. So in the summer, yeah, they're tiny and you pretty much just want a longboard. But in the winter, I mean, you can get like seven foot waves. I think that is like a big difference though, is the waves in Maine are much less consistent. So often like, I've heard other surfers say like, you know, surfers are just aren't as good as other places because you can't go every day. You know, it's like you might surf a couple days in a row and then you don't get any swell for weeks. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is I just feel like the surf culture in Maine isn't as entrenched as California and Hawaii, which to us feels like an amazing opportunity where we can sort of sort of nip in the bud that like really competitive, awful culture, which I don't think anyone really enjoys and create the kind of culture that we want to see, which is inclusive and accepting and not, you know, there's, there's a lot of like localism that happens. And I think this kind of territorialism, I, I understand why it's there, but I feel like there are better ways that it can be there. And we can all sort of help and support each other as to being like exclusive and competitive. So what was the motivation for behind the waves? Was it a, uh, you know, how to or was there something else that you were trying to say uh, <laughs> it was your idea <laughs> it was, it's funny um it really came out it evolved this movie just evolved from like a small project we had in mind the project idea came out one day we went out for a drink and i had in mind doing portraits like video portraits of women who served in maine to like put them out there and see how awesome they are, how badass, and like to create like this kind of like digital community where people could like see who is out there, right? And eventually we're trying to do that. We realized probably that's not what we wanted to do, that we actually wanted to show like the actual community surfing out there together. Okay, so certainly there have been many surfing films made. How do you think your film is different? Yeah, so I think for me, it, it's not just about 
like hearing from women, but also how would a woman present it? And for me, like my filmmaking style is I think maybe like classically feminine in a certain way um, because I was born as a female, but I think there are certain traits that are characterized as feminine, which I think the general culture doesn't, you know, we don't see a lot of representation of that. So I really wanted to convey the sort of softness and spirituality and connection that happens when surfers are in the water. And I think that's something that every surfer has talked about is just that feeling of connecting to something larger than yourself and being really humbled when you're in the presence of the ocean. Um, so describe the process in making Behind the Waves. Did you encounter any challenges? <laughs> uh, we were just talking about that before um, joining this. Um, I think both of our style, well, I mean, one thing we did have in common is we like to experiment. So it was like, you know, okay, let's make this film. And then, okay, how are we going to do it? And we did all of this experimentation. But then at a certain point, it was almost like too much experimentation. And it was like, okay, now we got to like actually make something. So there was a lot of like winding, you know, it wasn't a linear process at all. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely experimental. And like, I, I, would, I would say the challenges were first, we didn't knew that many women surfing. So that was the first challenge and we had to solve it by creating a meetup. Then our second challenge we had was definitely styles, work styles. Like um, Juliet is an artist, like she's been more focused on being an artist and like a videographer. I'm more of a animator who also has an artist side, but I'm, I've been working with studios and like big companies for longer. So my way of working where like at some point start clashing and we're like, why are we doing this? Like I, I need to do this like that. and. I need more structure and Julia was like, we should experiment more. And I was like, no, I am done. You know, like, so like dealing like, like the communication process and trying to figure out how to meet in the middle. Um, I think that was like a real challenge. Um, and also waiting for the waves to happen and like be able to like go out whenever like the waves were out there or whenever people were surfing out there because you have to adapt your schedule to theirs a little bit and also you have your full-time job. So like have your full-time job and also be like, oh, you got to drop everything and gotta go drop everything Because like the girls are out there and we need to film them, you yeah. know? So it was, uh, I think those were like big challenges. You wrote that the film helped build a community of women surfers. What do you mean by community and what role did the film play in building this community? That's actually really interesting because I recently was talking with some artist friends about what does this term community mean? And I feel like it's thrown around a lot, kind of haphazardly. And I think we're we're often part of communities, whether we realize it or acknowledge it at all. Like, I feel like the first example is your neighborhood. You know, that's a community. You live in a community. Whether you decide to engage with it or not, you're still a part of that community. And one thing I felt like we learned with this project was, like, both Pam and I knew, like, you know, a couple women who surfed, but then they knew other women, and they knew other women. Um, and so because we needed to make this film or wanted to make this film, we needed to find those women and bring them together. And so we were kind of like reaching out and there was so much enthusiasm. Like, I think that's what shocked me was how like people got really excited about this. Like all these women who like wanted to get together and meet other women who surfed. And then we realized there are actually way more women surfing than we would have imagined. And so I felt like the community was already there. It just hadn't realized itself yet. And we mm. were just, you know, 
the spider web kind of connecting people. Um, yeah, and then now, you know, you paddle out and you see all these familiar faces and it's so nice to just like not be the only woman in the water but paddle out and be like, oh, I recognize her, you know. And you, you just feel like safer. It's like any community, I, I feel like. Um, I think like something we were talking about, Juliet and I at some point of like, for me, community, I grew up with that concept. Like in Mexico City, we have this big like enthusiasm for community. Like that's how we live. Like like it's not just about families. Like I got your back, you got my back. Like I know you're there. So for me, creating this community was not about only like let's hang out and get together and get drinks. It's more. It was more about like I know they're there, and I know I can reach out to you if I need help or something. Um, maybe I don't know how to wax my board. Like for example, like a couple of girls were like, I don't know how to wax my board. I feel intimidated by it. I'm like, okay, so you can reach out, you know, because like there you have a community and you might not be best friends or something, but like it's your community, it's there and you can count on them, like you can rely on them. So it, it's right. pretty much about that, I think. So is there a difference between uh, a surfing community of women and that of men? Mm. I mean, I think the dominant surf culture is male. Right. So we don't even really know what a female led surf culture would be. And especially because I think, you know, masculine traits are just what are prioritized and admired in our culture, you know, like perfectionism and like being the best and being the baddest, the hardest, the fastest, the strongest, you know, as opposed to like, I'm not trying to be, you know, super radical. I'm just like trying to have fun and enjoy and like we can be a little more chill and like supportive and it's not about me myself and I getting that wave it's about hey there's a whole group of us and we want to be together so we're going to share. Having watched the 2011 documentary Whitewash I am somewhat aware of how race has at least in the past created barriers for black surfers. Why did race become a conscious element in building your community of female surfers? Um, I think it became important because I feel like in general, because of race, because of color, um, there has been repression happening, not only when surfing, but in general, like in, in society. And I feel like people of color, immigrants, have a little bit less, way less access to the ocean, for example, right? Because like, probably you can't afford to live nearby the ocean. Probably you don't owe a car to by the ocean. So like, I feel like just the same and how race, um, your race, it affects you in like just living in like your regular life. It also like affects you in like the surfing culture. Like that's what we're trying to do at some point as well. Like we're trying to like make it accessible for that people that feels intimidated or has never really tried it because like have never had the opportunity to even like swim you know like some some people don't even know how to swim so we're trying to open open it up a little bit more and try to bring that i don't know that possibility of surfing everyone so how might your film encourage viewers to be interested in the ocean i mean i think the film captures what a lot of surfers feel which is just that inherent connection to the ocean like when you're riding your surfboard gliding down the face of a wave like you are one with that ocean like all these elements come together and 
it's like the wave is moving through you. And I think just the act of it is a connecting force. And I hope that the film captures that and conveys that and could inspire other people to feel that way. Yeah, I think like um, a lot of the film, a lot of like what the girls had to say was, the ocean is there for me. The ocean is like this majestic part of nature that will keep me on track, that will keep me aware of things that will keep me humble. You know, it's, um, it's something that also helps me connect with myself. So I think it's important to like, like if we focus on that, the film like makes us understand that in the end, we are forgetting that nature, like that's where we belong and we are part of it. And if we don't have it, there is no way to like feel okay with ourselves and like be in touch with ourselves. So like, like that's why the ocean is so important. Like I think like it's healing, it's, um, it's a space where you can just feel happy and it's a place that also is like 70% of our planet, you know? And, right. and I think that's pretty much it. Like it's out there. It's like, that's how we put it, I guess. So how can you, how can you encourage others to take action to protect the ocean and her creatures? Just, um, just echoing what Pam was saying earlier about how, you know, we're not really separate from the ocean. That's sort of this artificial divide that was created. And so you take care of the places that you live and you love. And I think surfing just inspires love for the ocean. And once you love something, you care for it. Yeah, and I also would encourage everyone to just take care of it because just think of it like Maine, it's like a great place for seafood, right? If, if you don't take care of it, your seafood's going to be gone, about to be gone, like in a couple of years. Like the oceans are warming up and if we don't take care of them, like all, we, all the things that we know right now are going to disappear. Well, Pam and Juliet, it's been great to talk to you and learning about surfing and the women who surf in Maine. All right, ladies. I'd like to remind our listeners that I've been speaking with Pam Chavez and Juliet Sutherland for the Women Mind the Water podcast series. The series can be viewed on womenmindthewater.com. An audio-only version of this podcast is available on the Women Mind the Water website on iTunes and Spotify. Women Mind the Water is grateful to Jane Rice for the song Women of Water. All rights for the Women Mind the Water name and logo belong to Pam Ferris Olson. This is Pam Ferris Olson. Thank you for listening.